God Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm Zoe Forsey, I'm your host this week, and I'm joined by our Royal Editor, Russell Myers. Hi Russell, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Not too bad. Have you had a good week? It's been all right. It's been pretty busy. We've got lots to talk about. We really have. But before we jump in, lots of you have been asking on social media about uh, our lovely Anne and where she's been. And the truth is, uh, she and we as well have been keeping a little secret from you regarding that. Um, And she had some very exciting news, which she sent us a little pre-recorded message to tell you where she has been. Save the Queen listeners, it's Anne here and I'm really sorry, I told you a little fib the last time I was hanging out with you and Russell and talking all things royal. Um, When I said that Zoe would be holding the fort for a few weeks, I was rather hoping it would be a lot longer because I was about to go on maternity leave and I am very happy to say that our lovely daughter Saren arrived safely at the end of October and we have been enjoying time as a family since then and getting to know her. She is wonderful. You may be able to hear her making her presence known through the floor as my husband Ben changes her nappy as we, um, you know, enjoy our life as parents. I'm going to miss hanging out with you guys and uh, Russell and Zoe and Sarah and all of the fabulous guests we have on Pod Save the Queen and look forward to coming back and um, seeing you again in next year and I may be back for the odd cameo in between times but I am very much looking forward to spending the next year having adventures um, with my little girl and um, other mum friends um, who I'm getting to know so I'm sure Zoe will do a fine job keeping Russell in order while I'm away and the two of them will bring you all of the royal chat and lots of fabulous interviews and Dan Jackson as ever will keep the whole show on the road um, fabulously so thank you very much for uh, being such a great part of my work that I will look forward to coming back to next year and um, I know lots of you have been on this journey that I'm now embarking on and um, I am very much looking forward to this new adventure so thanks very much sorry about the fib and have a lot of fun enjoy all of the royal chat and who knows some of the mysteries might be resolved by the time I come back next year um I have a lunch date with my daughter and my husband and some friends now so I will head off but you know I have to finish by saying until next time So yes, I'm afraid you are stuck with me for a little bit longer than Anne said, um, but I will do my best to keep um, you know, to keep everything as it is. Uh, but obviously, such exciting news, and we're very, very happy to have our little own little own Pod oh, got, Save the Queen baby. We have. We've got we've got, another, <laughs> we've got a mascot. We've got another mascot. So, um... <laughs> So yeah, we're we're stuck with both of us. We are keeping the show on the road and hopefully we've been doing doing an all right job, I think, in Anne's absence. But um, yeah, super, super news. We're super happy for Anne and her lovely husband, Ben. Yes, definitely. And I'm very excited to go and have, have cuddles. 
Oh, um, for baby. sure. I've not, I've not been over yet, and I'm very, very excited to go and meet her. Well, we're going to, we're going to take her to the pub, obviously, because that's of the course. only time we can, we can meet. Of course. <laughs> anyway, so as you um, mentioned, it's been a really busy... I must say, we are, we're recording this a day later than we normally do, and when on yesterday morning I was looking through what we were going to talk about, I was thinking, oh, it has been a bit of a quiet week, and I feel they... The Royals heard this and have given us quite a busy 24 hours with lots of stuff to, to chat about, haven't they? My words, haven't they just? I mean, <laughs> so yeah, obviously we, we normally record on Wednesdays, dropped the show in on Thursdays, and then we were both, I mean, it was just so incredibly busy yesterday. And the reason was because I think the, uh, the, the, the news from the Court of Appeal, obviously most people will be keeping up with this. The Mail on Sunday or Associated Newspapers are challenging the, uh, the court's decision that was handed down in February that found them, um, I suppose, guilty of infringing Meghan's privacy and her copyright relating to the letter that she had sent her father in 2018. It seems like we've been talking about this for so long um, <laughs> and it's certainly not going to go away any time soon because the issue that is at play now is that uh, the Mail on Sunday have taken that decision handed down by the High Court um, to appeal and I mean I'm not a judge nor a lawyer but it does seem that this case has been completely blown wide open. Now the reason for the panic and the excitement yesterday was because the court revealed that they have um, been in receipt of a witness statement. And um, this is from the former aide to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, a chap called Jason Knauf. Now, he is now currently working for as a CEO of the Royal Foundation, uh, reportedly also over the last year or so, um, the person who was raising the bullying complaint against Meghan Markle that is actually being investigated by Buckingham Palace and an outside um, law firm, we understand. So the plot thickens, as it were, because this witness statement was not heard. And essentially, just to give you a bit of background before we delve into it, Jason had said in this, in this current statement that he had been asked for his involvement from both sides, both the Mail on Sunday and both the, uh, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. However, he wanted to remain sort of impartial. He saw his role as um, something that didn't need to necessarily uh, you know, be done and come forward to, to, to speak at that time. But the issue now is that because of that judgment that was handed down in February, he thought it pertinent to lay down some of the things that he had experienced whilst working for Meghan and Harry. Now, the main issue is he has released text messages and emails between himself and Meghan and Harry uh, individually that really do paint a very, very different picture of what we had previously led to believe. Now, I think that this is on two fronts and we deal with the, um, the issue which has really caught the headlines around, uh, around the country and around the world um, in the first instance was that Meghan was yesterday um, issued an apology to the court in this huge um, statement of her own, 22 pages long. She, she issued an apology to the court, really, by saying essentially that she had not been 
um, able to remember sort of key conversations, series of texts and emails between herself and Jason that really pointed to the fact that both Megan and both Harry, uh, both Megan and Harry had cooperated with the authors of Finding Freedom. Now, this is something that they have said, and the, well, through their lawyers, that there had never been any cooperation, any no collaboration, um, and this was a completely unauthorized biography. Now, why it might, might still be essentially unauthorized because they didn't um, put their names to it. We now see plainly that uh, Jason Knauf, as his um, in his role as communications secretary to both Megan and Harry, he was uh, engaging in conversations, engaging in personal meetings with both Omid Scobie and Carolyn Durand. Um, and indeed, Megan not only was discussing this book uh, on many, many occasions, um, as Jason says, that it was discussed on a routine basis directly with Megan and Harry. Megan actually emailed him quite a huge list. There was five central points to this list, but five points um, for Jason to uh, devour ahead of his meeting with the authors. Now, this information included sort of contact that she'd had with her half-siblings, her perceived treatment um, in the media, especially Harry's statement back in 2016, I believe, when they when they first got together, and her sort of one-off relationship and disintegration of her relationship with her father. So I'll just read you a bit of her apology because I think it's quite interesting, the words that she has used. So she says, I did not have the benefit of seeing these emails and I apologize to the court for the fact that I had not remembered these exchanges at the time. So read into that what you will. It will be very, very interesting to see what case uh, or what take the Court of Appeal judges, the three of them sitting at the Court of Appeal over um, finishes today on Thursday over the last three days. And whether they will now send this case back to the High Court, because if you remember, Megan was handed something called a summary judgment, which means, uh, which meant, sorry, that she did not have to go to court and face her father, that associated newspapers were essentially found guilty of, um, of producing that letter and infringing her copyright and uh, the case under the Data Protection Act. So it will be very, very interesting indeed. Now, as I sort of continue this, because there is so much to say on this case, then we were started not only talking about the Finding Freedom biography and whether now that opens sort of a huge can of worms for Megan. Uh, no doubt, at the very least, I think that this is a very, very embarrassing climb down. At the worst in her camp, she is perceived to have been, shall we say, economical with the truth. Um, in some quarters, you know, that is called perjury in a, in a court of law. Uh, I don't think it will be that serious. I just think that it will perhaps be a black mark against her name when the Court of Appeal judges are deciding what to do. But we still don't know. Now, the second part of this was the Thomas Markle's letter, the central crux of this case and the appeal brought by the Mail on Sunday. Now, very, very interestingly, um, Jason Canal's statement says that he worked on this letter with Megan, that she drafted it. She then sent him the draft in a text message and she had told him how meticulous she had been in her composition of this letter. Now, Megan had always said this was a private letter. It was never meant to be put in the public domain by Thomas. She never expected it to come in the public domain. And so she, by saying she, she only ever intended to be seen by her father, she then was able to claim that this was a gross invasion of her privacy, gross invasion 
of her um, of her rights under the, the Protection Act. However, the series of texts then revealed Meghan's thinking behind the, uh, the the composition of the letter. And one of these texts, she says to Jason, given I've only ever called him daddy, it may make sense to open as such, despite him being less than paternal. And in the unfortunate event that it would leak, it would pull at the heartstrings. She continues, Obviously, everything I have drafted is with the understanding that it could be leaked. So I have been meticulous in my word choice. But please let me know if anything stands out for you as a liability. Now, I must say, in, in you know, Megan's defence, in part of her 22-page submission to the, to the court, she did say that these two things, whether she felt that Thomas might leak it and whether you know he actually did, those there is a really important distinction and I think that that will be the crux of what the, the Court of Appeal judges say and um, she also said or, or judge rather she also said that the uh, the fact that she may have thought there was a possibility that Thomas would leak it she still didn't believe that he would do because the letter in her words contained unpalatable truths now this is very very interesting indeed because it was said at the time that the, the summary judgment, or the, for the judge at the, um, Mr. Justice Warby to, to have awarded her that judgment at the High Court was quite a big play because one would have thought he would have wanted to hear from both sides about how they set out the case. He didn't necessarily hear from both sides in a trial, but it was lasting um, several weeks, the, the, the sort of both submissions. And now we have a situation where this new witness statement, in all intents and purposes, does seem to blow a huge, huge hole in the um, in the case, and no less the veracity of what Harry and Meghan have said. Um, and probably just finally to conclude on on that point before we sort of get into the the whys and, um, and wherefores, um, Harry is also brought into it as well because Jason Knauf revealed in emails to Harry that Harry had not only emailed him good luck when Jason was about to meet the authors uh, of the book, but he also was making specific points about what he wanted him to convey to the authors and said, I totally agree that we have to be able to say that we didn't have anything to do with it. Now, this, in his essence, does not look good for Harry and Meghan. They have always denied from having any cooperation with the authors. In fact, um, Omid Scobie, one of the authors, said it would be completely false to suggest that there was any cooperation. Well, if that isn't cooperation with the authors of this book, I don't know anything anymore. So it will be very, very interesting to see how this is addressed by the court. But um, what did you make of it? I was I was really surprised actually by how much detail ended up coming out. You know, as you, you know, we as we saw more and more of this statement on both sides, it was it, it just gives that insight of the kind of inner workings of how things go behind the scene. And firstly, it was just you know, there was that kind of sadness of Megan, you know, writing that letter, knowing it could be leaked, but also just seeing the different conversations of, well, if it leaks, this happens, or we need to be careful with this, or it'll pull on the heartstrings, or the line I thought that was really interesting from Harry, because it's kind of, it's quite different to the Harry that we know, was the line saying, we need to be able to say, we've got nothing to do with it. It was yeah. that, you know, that side of it was just really... It was really, you know, really interesting and really eye-opening. And well, I think you know, it, I think it it looks 
It doesn't look good, does it? It looks Machiavellian that you are it saying doesn't. one thing to the public. You're saying, no, we didn't have anything to do with this book. It's completely unauthorised. Nobody, you know, we knew spoke to anyone. Uh, the authors then double downing, double, double downing on that and um, saying, no, there was never anything to do with the authors. It's completely un So the subject it was completely unauthorised. Now we know or at least we can um, assume from Jason Canal's witness statement, a sworn testimony to the court, that he says that this was not true. And indeed, if um, we take it as face value, which we must do, these emails paint a very, very damning picture indeed. Now, whether that is enough for the Court of Appeal to say that this judgment should not stand and we go back to a full trial, it will be very, very interesting. We won't be getting a decision today. I think it will probably be a week or two. Um, before we get any indication of, of what will happen. So everybody around the world will be looking at this. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're, in, we're, in a, we're very, in very uncharted ter territory once, once again. But I think that, you know, the, the, the language used by Megan, the fact that she had drafted it with the understanding it could be um, released, she said that she had been meticulous in her word choice. Um, it just doesn't look very, very favourable to her indeed. I think especially as they've spoken so much since they stepped away from the royal family about the importance of truth and, you know, kind of, especially within the media and how things are reported. And then it, just to come out now and know that there's been something that's, you know, um, oh gosh, what's the word? You know, that th these key details were forgotten and left out of a lot of the coverage from their side um, is quite interesting as well. Well, what, what it points to, and I think, um, you know, we, we've seen Harry and Meghan a couple of times this week that uh, Harry was speaking to an on the online magazine Wired. He was talking about you know, the mistruths in the media, came up with this outlandish claim that he had predicted the riots on Capitol Hill. And he'd been conversing via email with Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, and saying, oh, you know, I was telling him, I was emailing him, telling him that um, he uh, his platform was dangerous. And... Uh, um, and then he didn't, you know, it, there was a, a coup going to be launched and, um, and then he didn't get back to me. But um, listen, I, I, hopefully Dan can drop that clip in because I, I think it's really important for, for people to listen to it. Have you, have you ever had a chance to present your case to the leaders of these companies, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey? No, not, not, not directly, not personally. Um, uh, Jack and I were, were, were emailing each other prior to January the 6th. Where I, I warned him that his platform was allowing a coup to be staged. Uh, that email was sent the day before, and then it happened, and I haven't heard from him since. So, on the on on the one hand, you've got Harry, you know, and Meghan saying they never look at social media, which again is another really interesting point because in the emails released um, in the submission, you had Meghan conversing with Jason Canal, saying that she'd seen stuff on Twitter that Omid Scobie was tweeting, and she wasn't happy about it. And again her public persona is something that she I don't read tabloids I don't read social media I don't have anything to do with it it's all toxic and yet she's emailing a communications um, uh, secretary saying you know sort this out because I don't like what he's saying about me on Twitter the other thing as well is that Harry and Meghan are standing on a platform of talking about misinformation and Meghan talking this this week about how tabloids should come with a health warning that there's bad for your mental health well 
you know, this is a very, very sticky wicket for both of them because I don't know how kindly the judge will look upon them if that has been their essence to say, we have been aggrieved, we have been, you know, targeted by trolls and misinformation where she has now been backed into a corner to apologise to a judge um, presiding over her court case because she didn't remember certain details. Now, this is not just, you know, a very minor instance in my view. This is something that... Uh, Jason Canal said that it was discussed on a regular basis. There were emails and text messages to to say that um, the, the the issue of the book was being discussed at regular intervals. So um, I just think we uh, we just need to wait to see what the what the court of appeals say. But it would be very very interesting indeed. And even if it doesn't go back to full trial. You know, is the court of public opinion massively weighed against them now because they have been proved to have been economical with the truth by saying didn't cooperate with the book. Um, and, you know, this letter was never intended for public consumption where Megan says, you know, I've obviously written it with the intention of, uh, of it being leaked. And so the fact that she had uh, she, she'd, um, poured over every detail makes you think that... Um, what they say and what they do are two very different things at the moment. Definitely. So obviously it was a, a big day for Meghan and Harry yesterday, but they, in the evening, put on, you know, got dressed up and went out to, in New York to a very important event, didn't they? And it didn't, didn't seem to look like it was playing on their minds. No. And listen, to, to take you, take, let's take away from this at the moment. I mean, this is just a huge cloud. Obviously, it's going to go, go on the headlines across. Across the world it's got an awful lot of controversy attached to it um uh, i think we'll be hearing more today i don't really know what's going to come out i think we'll, we'll probably look at the uh, the copyright issue however i think that a lot of the issues that megan and harry have is they 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 kind of want to kick on with helping out you know the servicemen and women talking about their big projects talking about archwell and they're being hampered from um from the court case which yeah. One could argue they are the master of their their own demise in that sense. But moving on, <laughs> it was it was to, to you know on the eve of Veterans Day in the US and Armistice Armistice Day obviously here in the UK today. Um, it was a salute to Freedom Gala. Meghan and Harry looked absolutely stunning, walking the red carpet. Harry making a quite a funny speech actually. He was talking about um, living the American dream, and I I don't know if you were familiar <laughs> with the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. But if you haven't seen it, we need to put a picture no. up on our Instagram. So I just read you a bit of his speech because I actually thought it was quite funny. So he's saying, it's been wonderful to be back on the USSS Intrepid a decade after my last visit. A lot has changed since then. Just last week, I went for a ride on the Oscar Mayner Wienermobile. How's that for living the American dream? Now, this is basically a hot dog car is how I will... <laughs> you haven't seen it, and I didn't know what it was. It's no, crazy. I haven't. Okay, <laughs> so we'll put it on Instagram and Twitter for people to have a look at it because it's fantastic. But in a more serious note, he was saying, I've lived in the US close, close for two years now, and I have to say, witnessing your support for all those who have put themselves in harm's way in defense of our freedoms and liberties, it's remarkable and hugely respected. And then he started speaking about his own military career. Um, I think we, you know, we've heard him speak about this in the past, saying, my experience in the military made me who I am today, and I will always be grateful for the people I got to serve with, wherever in the world we were. And talking about his two tours in Afghanistan, his decade serving in the military, 
we've I think we've spoken about this many many times about how he has been uh, how it's been an awful wrench for him to have to step back from those military appointments especially seeing as you know Prince Andrew has been allowed to keep his military appointments and he has a huge cloud hanging over him with the uh, the Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell investigations and not mentioning his own civil case that, uh, that he has to defend himself in due course but um I'm sure that this is something they, they want to do more of. So they're, they're, it's a very fine balancing act. You've got Archwell, which is obviously going to do fantastic work. I'm sure of it. The last week they got involved with a, a bit of COP26 climate change conference saying that they were going to be working towards the net zero platform. They've got loads of things going on with the Spotify and Netflix documentaries. Um, and then you have them still speaking about the huge misinformation banner that they are that they are still um banging the drum of and it will be very interesting to see whether you know the real good work that they do is massively watered down because people will just go do you know what i've had enough of them and they'll switch off so um it's, it's going to be a long road i don't think this case is going to be sorted out anytime soon and again like i said does, does public opinion weigh too much against them now uh even if this case doesn't go to court because if it does go to court we're going to be speaking about this for another year at least i imagine and it was it was really lovely to see them kind of glammed up again. I was saying it's, it's been a while since we've seen kind of a glam night out for them, hasn't it? I was trying to think of the last time, but it was really, it was lovely to see and a great backdrop for an event as well, wasn't it? There was all the pictures of them walking around all the kind of aircraft. And, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely a amazing. Good place and for a gala. Not bad, eh? Not bad. Yeah. A, and being back at, you know, back in New York, I mean, it's, they're obviously going to, you know, them. Uh, I get a bit of stick sometimes when uh, I say stuff like this, like the Americans love them. Maybe, maybe I mean, America's a big place, isn't it? So, uh, and some of our listeners do get involved in saying, you know, we don't really love them. And some people say we do. Some people say I'm too harsh on them. Um, I think they, I, I think the, they are respected in that circle. Certainly Harry is speaking about veterans and, and Megan's done stuff with veterans in the, in the States and abroad before. And uh, it's just a shame that this cloud hangs over to them. However, I come back to the point of, you know, they're the master of their own demises in, 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 in some sense. And so um, it will be quite interesting to see how this evolves and whether, um, you know, there are, there are more apologies on uh, in the future. I, I wouldn't count it out, that's for sure. And it was lovely to see Harry wearing his uh, medals as well, wasn't he? And he had his uh, Knight Commander of the Royal Victorian Order, um, which is also the star on the, the tie as well. And um, what do you think of Meghan's dress? I mean, it was very nice. I mean, <laughs> they look, they're both spectacular. Just a point on Harry wearing his medals, because obviously he was... You know, he's not allowed to wear ceremonial uniform, uh, having set back from the royal family. There are other issues around him. Um, you know, late laying a wreath last year, there was a big deal about that, wasn't there? And so, yes. you know, at, at, at the cenotaph, which we expect to see you know, most of the royal family that this, this year, um, they've obviously got to try and find their own way of commemorating um, both war heroes at home and abroad and, and in the States and uh, the Commonwealth. So it's, it's, it's just a balancing act. I still don't think they've found their feet. I think they're so far from, from doing that at the moment. And um, they just seem to be fighting so many battles on so many levels and still trying to, to work out where they are. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a tricky business, I suppose. They're, try, they're, trying to, they're finding it quite hard on their own, I think. 
It really is. And that I'm going to make you go back to the red dress because it was a beautiful, beautiful dress. I absolutely loved it. Tell um, me a bit about the dress. <laughs> you tried, you tried to get a, tried to get away from it, but no. I, love, I, I know it was red. Yeah. I know it was red and it has it a, was it was a red. low-cut red dress. Yes, it had a really deep neckline. There was a pleated skirt and a really high split. Um, and she wore it with some matching red heels, which were gorgeous. And she was wearing Diana's diamond, you know, the beautiful uh, tennis bracelet that she wears, uh, which was really nice. The one, I think that's got the, the price tag on that is something quite terrifying. I think it's seventeen around 17,000 or something like that. Um, but really nice, obviously a, a big day for both of them. And it's always lovely when she wears something of Diana's um, to these kind of events and some really nice i really like the earrings actually they're snowstorm earrings uh which are um i think, think about nine just just shy of 10 grand so oh, well a very you know, blingy it's pocket change. It's pocket yeah. change. listen it all would have been a bit bit more fun if they'd actually turned up in the wiener mobile <laughs> is that what you're disappointed at that's why i'm still looking at pictures of it so i'm gonna i'm absolutely obsessed with it anyway uh, mo I'll moving pop on some, i'll I... pop some on instagram if anyone exactly. like me has absolutely no idea what russell's talking about at the moment <laughs> but the image i've got in my head is is quite hot entertaining dog, now dog <laughs> great brilliant love it and there was also a really sweet moment that i can't mention but hot and um, Megan was saying how proud she was of Harry as well, which was nice. She, she was asked directly and she just said, I'm always proud of him, which I think was really nice after what, you know, whatever your thoughts on it would have been a difficult day for them as a couple. So it was nice that they were there and there was lots of kind of, you know, their normal setup of lots of, you know, kind of arms on backs and, you know, holding hands. And yeah, stuff. So, I mean, listen, it's a, a hard day. It's going to be a hard, hard week. And I think they'll be sweating over the uh, over the judgment of this of this case. But um, by by any stretch of the imagination, it's been a it's been a pretty bruising experience for them. It really has. But as you said, to, to focus on the you know what is you know the, the more important thing of this week and this weekend, obviously, is the Remembrance Day and Remembrance Sunday Absolutely. events. And all the royals, as always, have done several events in the week and will be out on Sunday. Uh, well, twice over the weekend as well, actually, isn't it? Is it Saturday and Sunday? There's the Festival of Remembrance yes. on Saturday um, and then the Sunday events as well. But before we talk about the weekend, what have we already had this week? Because we've seen Camilla and the Duchess of Cambridge, haven't we? We have. So, I mean, so let's let's start at the beginning of the week. Shall we? Let's talk about the Queen being back at Windsor because this, yes. is, really, this is really important because, um, gosh, did we, did we speak about this last week? Can't well, yeah, last last we update we had from you was yes. that she had she had gone away and she was up there and she was because we started talking about Christmas, which I was expecting to get quite a lot of stick for talking about Christmas as early as November, <laughs> but I think we just about got away with it. But yes, yeah, so she was up there and enjoying um, a break in Sandringham. So, yes. what, so where is so, she now? So that was great news. The Queen was sort of cleared to fly uh, in the helicopter over to Sandringham. Had been sort of wanting to plan this mini break, and the the reason was. She's, I understand she's invited all the family over to Sandring for Christmas. She wanted to go to the, to the big house and uh, sort of have some meetings with the staff about what was needed in the coming weeks. Um, but she also spent some time at Wood Farm, and that is obviously where Prince Philip, her late husband, spent his final years after he retired in 2017. And I think that that tells you sort of where the Queen is actually needed to be there. She needed to seek some solace. Uh, it'd been a particularly tough couple of weeks. She'd been in hospital, told by doctors she needed to slow down. So I understand she's feeling refreshed, revitalized. She's really determined to make the, um, the Remembrance Sunday service at the Cenotaph in London uh, at the weekend. And, 
And I would be astonished, really, if she didn't make it. She's only ever missed six. Uh, four yeah. of those would be because she was on uh, royal tours abroad and two because she was pregnant. And um, and I think that that will be a real boost, not only for, for her, the rest of the family. Yeah, everybody, I mean, everybody will, will love to see her because we've only seen her on a couple of Zoom calls over the last um, few weeks. Um, but I do, I do think she has been listening to doctor's orders. She has been continuing to rest. And in this such an important week leading up to us, obviously today, Armistice Day and um, Remembrance Sunday on the 14th, there have been a lot of activity. I mean, yesterday we saw some footage which had actually been taken earlier in the week of Camilla at the Poppy Factory. Uh, These were really lovely. I like yeah. this. It was, a, it was a great engagement. And she, she's actually been at Westminster Abbey today to lay that that wreath at, uh, at at the Abbey. And that really sort of has, you know, re it's really picking up pace now because yesterday we saw uh, Kate at the uh, Holocaust Sur um, Survivors Exhibition at the Imperial War Museum in London. Fantastic, incredible ex ex exhibition. And... Um, she actually met up with, do you remember that she took those photographs of the two Holocaust survivors? Oh yes, of course. Last year. And she, and this, essentially the, 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 um, those photographs went to be included in this new exhibition, which is called Generations Portrait of Holocaust Survivors to mark 75 years since the end of the genocide. And, um, I just love this this sentiment. And she said, you know, to to to, to them, it is your stories that will ensure that what happened is never forgotten. And um that tied in with the Remembrance Sunday services is uh makes it all together more poignant. So listen, there's an awful lot happening. I think that we've seen Charles uh taking on another engagement today. We've had uh, on Saturday, we will see the rest of the royal family at the Royal Albert Hall for the Festival uh, Service of Remembrance. And the reason that the Queen isn't going to that, I think, is pretty clear because, you know, it's a two to three hour event. It would probably be uh, far too long for her. And for the opportunity for her to just be seen on the balcony at the, uh, at the Cenotaph is probably much more manageable. So, um, from the conversations I've had, it's still going to be very, very managed to try and control her diary over the next, you know, coming weeks and months. I don't think we'll see an awful lot of her in the lead up to Christmas, which is normally quite a busy time. Um, but, you know, it's time for some of the others to start taking some of the slack <laughs> because she had been absolutely relentless in her um, pursuit of getting back to business. And I think she'd probably just done a little bit too much. The doctors have told her she needs a bit of a rest. So she's agreed to no horse riding over the winter, um, agreed to sort of take it easy, do light duties at Windsor Castle. The invention of Zoom and other platform, other WebEx video platforms means we can get to see her <laughs> and she can still be doing the job. But um, certainly we're going to see an awful lot more of, uh, of William and Kate in the lead up Christmas, I think. And of course, Charles as well, because I'm off on my travels finally. I know, I'm so jealous. I'm, I'm getting ready to be quite angry at you next week when you're <laughs> when we chat to you from wherever in the world you happen to be. That's I not... will be working very hard. <laughs> but listen, on, on Sunday, or Sunday, Monday, we are Sunday leaving to go to Jordan and the trip, uh, the, the excursion is for the, the uh, Jordan Egypt tour for Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall. So the first ones to do a royal tour, 
since the pandemic. I mean, it's nearly been two years. It's incredible. And I'm really looking forward to it, not just because it's an opportunity to, to see the royals, you know, in a foreign country amongst um, really important initiatives, talking about the environment, lead up to COP27. I mean, we've just stopped COP26. We've been talking about that for the last couple of years. But Egypt is going to take on the presidency. So that's obviously a vested interest for Prince Charles. Um, but also, I think we're going to see quite a light side to Camilla as well. Girls talking about girls' education, um, refugees. Of course, Jordan has taken a phenomenal amount of, uh, of refugees from Afghanistan and Syria over the last few years. So we're going to be seeing an awful lot more engagement um, uh, to do with that. And, uh, and then come back barely a few days and then we're off to Barbados because Barbados is becoming a republic on the 30th of November. And, uh, and Prince Charles has been invited as um, you know, the future head of the Commonwealth to, uh, to sort of see the, not really a handover, more of a sort of celebration of Barbados becoming a republic. So it's, um, it's great that he has gone over there. The Queen has never you know, stood in the way of Commonwealth countries wanting to become a republic. And so I think um, she's always said she will be the head of state for an awful lot of um, of Commonwealth nations as long as they want her to. And the reason why I think this is so important is because, you know, in a life we have to think about sometimes without the Queen here, um, how many more nations will choose to become a republic? Is Barbados, you know, the, the first in a long line? And I'm sure our Australian cousins will be thinking about that quite a lot. It's become you know, an issue that's been talked about, um, you know, quite heavily over the last few years. And will that campaign sort of uh, come about again? And I imagine it probably will do, because after the Queen is no longer the head of state, will the appetite be there to, to continue the association? So we have to wait and see, I suppose. I think that would be a really, really interesting visit, especially the Barbados one, actually, because it's just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one because it's such a historic event and the celebration around it will be really interesting to see. How long is that again? Remind us. Well, I've, I've, I've told my, my wife and uh, uh, family that it's a, it's a three or four week tour. I've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to be a couple of days. So it'll be um, a, lot of, a lot of work over a couple of days, seeing some you know fantastic engagements, I'm sure, in Barbados, getting to meet some fantastic people. Then obviously the ceremony is... Uh, is on the 30th and and um and then and it opens up a new, new dawn i suppose doesn't it of, of of whether there will be other nations to to come forward and say that they uh that they feel they that they want to become republics as well i, I, I imagine australia will be one of the major ones to be honest no, we're very excited. Like I said, not jealous at all. What's the weather like there at the moment? Is it still, I, in my head, a, Barbados a, is always beautiful. It's a very awful 32 degrees. I, I'm oh. really told, but, uh, you know. How will you cope? How will you cope? <laughs> I will say that that shock when you get back to the airport is going to be quite, imagine, yeah, <laughs> quite yeah, interesting. Wearing a sun hat and my shorts and, on, uh, shorts and uh, t-shirt. But, uh, exactly. Yeah, I, That's I, will, true. I, will be, I will be suitably in yeah. I can assure you. <laughs> Fantastic. And then so just to finish off as well, um, a really another really lovely event that we had earlier in the week, which seems like a long while ago now, but was Prince William with Marcus Rashford. Yeah, I mean, what a hero this guy is. Um, he I'm really sure is. Many people are aware of the Manchester United and England 
legend he already is and I think he's still only about 24 isn't he Mark? I was literally just looking at that I think he's 24 yeah. yeah it's incredible um I mean for his campaign not only throughout the coronavirus pandemic but way beyond and you know he's even as soon as he's got his MBE the first thing he did was dedicate it to his mum the second thing he did was say you know this is only the beginning and the reason he was came to sort of public consciousness is campaigning for disadvantaged children and you know a lot of children in, in the UK get free school meals and when they the lockdowns came they didn't have that support and so he really pressurized the government and the government said that they weren't going to support these children pressurized the government into several embarrassing u-turns uh, his campaign has been lauded throughout the country and indeed the world and uh, he is an absolutely remarkable young man and uh if only the world was full of more marvelous that's what I can say. But very nice that Prince William was able to step in for the sort of award of the gong. And um, at Windsor Castle, obviously the Queen resting up, um, because William is obviously president of the Football Association as well. So they those two actually do know each other. I'm sure there was a bit of banter uh, whilst they were handing it over. But uh, he's just a remarkable young man, dedicating his, um, his award to his mum, Melanie, who has been... Uh, you know, a, a constant source of support and she must be very very proud of him as a, as I'm sure the entire country are indeed. It was a really lovely moment actually and the photo that really stood out to me you know you always see the photos from these events where you see the royal with the kind of person getting the award but there was a wider shot of this one and you could just see his mum standing know, behind yeah, him and it was a really lovely yeah. shot actually it was really nice um but yes I think that's everything so ahead to this week obviously we've got a busy weekend with remembrance stuff and then royal tours is there anything else we should be keeping an eye out for not that I can tell you about but I will oh. I will be I'll be checking in and we might even persuade our good friend Ian Vogler to uh to, to I was to just thinking that I was wondering whether to mention it with the thing of if we mention it, that's more pressure for him to do it, that he has to come and say no, hello. I'm going to force him onto it. Excellent. Well, I look forward to hearing from you both when you are off doing exciting things. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Russell. And thank you for everyone to listen. To, uh, thank you to everyone for, oh, I got through so almost the whole thing there without, <laughs> without much of my words. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us this week. As always, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram at PodSave, and until next time. Pod save the Queen! Is that a dog barking? Next door.